Oh, hey, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Efficiency Bitch Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Leone. This podcast is dedicated to all the women out there who are aspiring to have a career while raising a family. And bitch? Well, that's more than a name and even an attitude. (laughs) We use it as an acronym. It's for bank, inbox, time, connection, and harmony. Each episode is labeled according to the correct topic so that you can efficiently find the topic that you're looking for. I'm here to tell you, you can have your cake and eat it too. The trick is finding efficient ways to get through the have-tos so that you can make room for your best life. I can show you how. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to the Efficiency Bitch Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Leone. If you are, this is your first time here, welcome to the Beehive. I'm so glad you came. If you've been around a while, welcome back. We are going to talk about time today. So in, in case you need a refresher or this is your first time, our basic format of the show is B-I-T-C-H. So each episode is recorded independently for a specific topic. And today I have an awesome guest who's going to talk to us about time management, all the different things that you can do to live your best life. I think he really wants the label efficiency bitch, but I'll let him decide that for sure. Hi, Doug. Welcome to the show. Hey, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me here. And I really feel gypped coming into this. Can I tell you that right now? Because I only get one of the bitch topics, but I feel like, oh my gosh, how much have I learned over the last 30 years of being an entrepreneur about all of the things? Yeah. I'll stick with the one that you have given to me, but I I know I'm going to bleed over to some other subjects. I am a true bitch in the (laughs) major sense of the word. (laughs) I'm so glad to hear that. You know what? It's so real because they all overlap. That's the whole idea is that it's just... When I started my message, when I decided that I wanted to talk to the world through a podcast and through a book, I was trying to formulate my style and pick my niche and do all the things everybody was telling me I had to be very specific on. The acronym came later. I decided those were the things I wanted to talk about. And then I fit the right words in. But it sometimes it just the serendipitous like genius of all of it just comes together. So really bleed good. all over all the letters. Don't actually bleed, but that'd be oh, weird. Okay. <laughs> but yes, let's like anything that you want to throw in there, we'll take it. So time management for me is I, I, one of the most fundamental pieces because everybody manages time a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And I'm experiencing, I'm going on a new journey in my family with ADHD and some of my kiddos. And I'm learning about how different people manage time because mm-hmm. our brains are all wired a little bit differently. How we were raised definitely impacts how we use our time. But at the end of the day, we all only get 24 hours in the day. It doesn't matter where you are on the planet. That's the amount of time that you get. And how we use that time is so important. So before we get super far into that, tell us about you, where you come from, how you do life. Yeah, thanks. I am I am a, let's see, recovering DJ. I spent 30 years as a bar mitzvah MC, the guy that was on the dance floor doing all the dance moves with the kids and the adults. And I spent 30 years doing that, 2,100 bar mitzvahs later. I discovered in myself that I needed to probably have a greater impact. While I did have an impact on the families that I was working with, I wanted a greater world impact. So decided to write a book about my entrepreneurial experience and my owning an agency and becoming this $5,000 DJ in a world of $500 DJs. And it was such a great thing to be able to go on this journey. And the lessons that I learned along the way... I wrote a book called Nice Guys Finish First. Everybody views nice as, a, or many people view nice as a sign of weakness. And I actually look at it as a as an attribute. 
So for me, I took all of the life lessons that I learned through being a DJ for 30 years and dealing with all of those clients, and I brought it over to the to to this book. And then I thought, hey, I need a way to really promote this book. What am I going to do? I didn't have the deep pockets that I would need to hire a publicist or an agency. So I started this thing called a podcast, which I had never heard of except for listening to, I think, Serial was the only podcast that I had listened to at the time. It was back in 2013. And so I said to a buddy of mine at the agency, hey, let's start a podcast. He goes, cool, I'll be happy to help you, but what's a podcast? And so we were both like two complete idiots when it came to this stuff. But we started our journey very much at the beginning, promoted the book. The book did well, became a professional speaker as a result, consulting all of the things that I was doing, teaching people the philosophies I'd written about in the book. And lo and behold, not a lot of people wanted to hear about the customer service training thing that I was pushing, but people really did want to hear about, you guys are having such a good time on the air. How do we do that? So I became a producer. I followed my market. The market said, hey, you should become this. And I thought, okay, I'm not really tied into this speaking thing. I was doing it for a handful of years and consulting and and loved it. But I really loved serving the people that were in my community. So if there's any key there, it's listen to the people that are talking to you and what they want you to do. So one guy in our audience, his name was Lou, said, hey, could you help me with this podcasting thing? I said, sure, Lou, but I have no idea how to do that. We came up with a price. We came up with a time frame, And that was the first of almost 350 clients ago almost nine years ago, or a little over nine years ago that we've been doing this. And in a nutshell, that really is my story. <laughs> That's a great story. And you're right. I can see like my light bulb kept going off about all the different places you're going to fit into BITCH. So this is perfect. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> that You talk about nice guy, you talk about customer service. And immediately, I want to share with you that I spent 20 years in the luxury hospitality space. Mm. And it's all about the customer experience. And now being a business owner, I'm a fractional CFO and bookkeeper. And the worst part of being in this space is that most of my competition is terrible to their customers. My customers come to me and they're like, my bookkeeper just disappeared on me. Don't we all know that bookkeeping is really not about numbers or line items or debits or credits? Just like podcast production is not about editing and distribution and content delivery. It's about how do we treat our customers and how do we exceed their expectations at every turn? Being from the luxury hotel market, you completely understand. Totally. You greet the person by their first name. You do. You go above and beyond. You give the responsibility for making them happy. How great a position that we're in if you could just be a nice person, tell the truth, return your correspondence and be on time. How yeah. great could that be and translate to any environment that we're in? And that's what we do here. Yeah, that's awesome. It definitely changes the way I show up in the world, too, with that type of training. And I think the more we can spread that, the better this world is going to be. Amen, so- sister. Amen. <laughs> I believe you 100%. So let's talk about time because that's what we're here to talk about. And then we'll get into others on another show, maybe. Tell me how you manage time. What are the types of things that you've learned about time management over the years that have really helped you? I'm going to start with the end in mind because I know you're a big fan of delegate, eliminate, and automate. Okay. I'm right there with you. But if you were to tell me that 15 years ago, before I started this second adventure in my world, I would have said, you're talking to a guy that probably works 80 hours a week and has wrecked a marriage and on my way to wrecking a second marriage through this overwork. I was that guy. And so when I started this production business, Strickland, my partner and I, we dis- we decided we're only going to do the things that are within our zone of genius, even if that means hiring somebody when we can't afford it. The amount of times that we would pay our staff before we would pay us in the very beginning stages, that was just the reality of our business, except 
I was only working 15 or 20 hours a week. And I was slowly but surely building the confidence of saying, if I hire for that position, then I want to either delegate or I'm going to eliminate that responsibility, or I can automate this, even if it costs us money, that's going to be the winning way. And so we have built a mid six-figure revenue generating business by working 12 to 15 hours a week. And so for me, if you're not effectively managing your time, you are spending more time doing things that you shouldn't be doing and not in your zone of genius. So you're overworking and you're not happy because you're doing stuff that you shouldn't be doing. So delegate, absolutely eliminate and automate. And we are experts at those three things as well. Yeah, the delegate part for me is the thing that I find most people really struggle with. They either they feel too bougie doing it and they don't want to hire domestic help or someone to they don't want to have an admin. They're afraid to have that stigma or they're afraid that they can't afford it. And I think to your point, you can't your time can't afford it. Right. (laughs) You'll never make the money if you don't spend it. I think part of it is we don't want to lose control either because nobody yeah. can do what we do as well as we do it. That's BS. We all know that mm-hmm. somebody can manage my schedule better than I can manage my schedule because that's what their that's what their job is to do. Yeah. And if you ever see me in a spreadsheet, Lord knows I'm not in the right place. And if you ever see my partner in the sales game or building a relationship with a customer, he's not in the right spot because we have picked our own responsibilities in our own zones. And every time we hire somebody for the position, we continually check in with them. Are you doing what you enjoy doing? Are you excelling at it? How do you feel about what you're doing? Not how do we feel about what you're doing? Because Mm -hmm. the more that they enjoy their job, the longer they're going to stay around. And if we give them just the roles that they really love and they really do exceedingly enjoy, then they're going to excel at it. It's just how nature works. You know what I love about that too is that you forget or we forget as people that other people enjoy things we don't. (laughs) I love a good spreadsheet. Like the whole world can be solved in a spreadsheet for me, but other people hate it. You sound like you may be one of them. In my signature line, right in my signature (laughs) line, I say Doug does not like spreadsheets. I'm telling you, it's right there. I don't like long emails. I don't like spreadsheets. It's right there. I like public speaking. Other people hate it. There are different things that we're each good at. And so assuming that you're giving away crappy work, right? It's not crappy work to somebody else. Somebody else loves it. People build businesses around cleaning homes, but you feel someone feels too bougie to give away domestic house cleaning work. People like it. So delegate. (laughs) There are people who will do it. And think about this too. What's happening is you're giving somebody a responsibility that they love, that you hate doing. Guess where the efficiency is in that? You're going to now be a little bit lighter about your responsibilities and you're going to enjoy your work a little bit more. It's not, there is no correlation between working harder and making more money. If Mm -hmm. you're you're in Melissa's audience and you think the harder I work, the more money I'm going to make, that's just bullshit. Mm -hmm. Just understand it's not that way. The smarter you work, the more money you're going to make. So if I can make the same amount of money or more by working 12 to 15 hours a week, why not do it? I don't work Mondays or Fridays or Saturdays or Sundays. So that means my work week is Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And I choose to work four or five hours for each one of them. When I have a six hour day, I feel like I'm well way. I say to my girlfriend, I'm like, I worked like a, a fiend today. I worked six hours today. I feel really like I've put the pedal to the metal. When I work those three and four hour days on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I feel so invigorated by my, I look forward to getting to work in those environments. Yeah. It is a really difficult thing to, for people to hear, right? Like 
I can actually work 15 hours a week and be successful and enjoy what I'm doing. I think we're taught from such a young age that you have to work super hard all the time in order yep. to be successful yep. and not give yourself that opportunity to to learn. Now, as well as I do, starting a business is hard. There are a lot of hurdles that you have to go through. There are a lot of but for me, those hurdles were all psychological. They were not ever yeah. things that were actually in my way. Can I charge that amount? Should I hire staff? They were all like these things in my brain about should I go delegate? Should I? Am I worth it? It was never actually a problem. Agreed. 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 I, I bet if you were to query most of the people that are in your audience that have a side hustle or they're entrepreneurs and working on their own and they're bootstrapped their business, they probably are charging about half of what they should be charging if they would just think about it. The things that come easily to us, the gifts that we have, they don't come easily to other people. You just said it earlier, the things that we delegate to other people, they love, some people love cleaning bathrooms and that's great. I don't. So I don't want to be in a spreadsheet or cleaning a bathroom. So yep. I want to delegate those responsibilities to somebody else. Yeah, I agree. I have those conversations often with clients where they'll say, oh, I'm only charging this and this is why. And I'm like, actually, I had somebody tell me, this is what I used to make at my old job per hour. And so this is what I'm charging my clients. And I thought that your employer, right. current or past, does not determine right. the value of the work that you're doing. And I can get through a spreadsheet in an hour. It might take you 12. Oh, God. I just I saved even, you 12 hours, right? I don't even and, want to look at it unless it's color-coded <laughs> and the only color is blue. That's the only well, I don't want to deal on a spreadsheet. I'm going to give that to you. Yeah, at every time. So I am also, you mentioned it earlier, part of my formula is the automate portion. What types of things have you used either in your personal life or in your business to automate things so that they are a little less touch. It's interesting you ask that because I'm just coming on the tail end of listening to you and Jared Goss do your chat GPT episode. So that was really cool to be able to listen to that. But I do have, I do use chat GPT to a certain degree for some of my marketing emails. We absolutely use project management software. We use monday.com for that, which is, which is great. Zapier is an amazing automation tool to, to get information from one spot to another that doesn't have a simple in integration. We use Acuity Scheduling to do all of our schedules. Our clients, some of our clients use Calendly. We have a podcast platforms out the wazoo that we're using for hosting. If there is something that can be automated, we absolutely automate it. My CRM, Customer Relationship Management Software, I use HubSpot. Every one of these things has been not only an efficient tool for me to use when it comes to my time, but they help me not forget things that should not be forgotten. If I don't have a CRM, if I'm keeping everything in a spreadsheet, which we already know I'm not going to read anyway, or on a notepad next to my desk, I'm not going to be as efficient as HubSpot saying, hey, it's been two weeks since you've reached out to this person. You may want to do that today. That has made me hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in sales because of those gentle reminders from a CRM. So automation, you've got to automate every opportunity you can. 100%. And I love that you're using automation for reminders. It's one of my favorite things to do in my household. I have three small kids. They're 8, 10, and 12. I have reminders that go off in this house, either from their... My girls now have phones. From their phones, from the Amazon Echoes that are in the home. Mm -hmm. I have reminders that say, it's 8 o'clock, go brush your teeth. Now, they don't listen to the robot, but I don't have to think about remembering that it's 8 o'clock, right? Then that alarm tells me to go do yes. it. I yes. actually just recorded a show yesterday, a solo show talking about some of the automations that you can use 
just on your cell phone that people forget that exist. There's a little icon on most smartphones for a clock for alarms. Yeah. Use it. Oh, uh, totally. It has also has a stopwatch feature on it, too. So yeah. if you're putting water in your pool, for example, I forgot to turn the water off. Oh, it goes no. into our pool. And so for me, it's, oh, gosh, me not turning that stopwatch on actually cost me a hundred bucks. And California water is very expensive. It was a hundred dollars extra because I forgot to turn my pool water off that actually flowed over the pool (laughs) into my neighbor's yard. Wasn't real happy with me, but yeah, if I just used that automated feature that the watch that the phone had, I would have saved that hundred bucks. I love that. And this will be a good question for you because typically when I bring this up, most women can really relate to this. And I don't ask very many men this question, but the eliminate portion of my recipe in time management really has to do a lot with taking on things that don't belong to you. And women in general will share that they take on this invisible load of work that doesn't really belong to anybody, but they will do it. And it involves small things like making sure the kids' shoes fit because they grow like constantly or just remembering to bring the Halloween decorations down and just little things that in life start to accumulate. What types of things have you found in your business or in your life that you've, that doesn't belong to me, I need to eliminate it? Probably a lot of things. A lot of things that are done around the house are things that I could probably eliminate. The taking the trash from the behind the house to the side of the house, that could be, that's a responsibility, a 10 minute responsibility that doesn't need to happen every day. Why do I do it? I don't know. I don't. So I started to eliminate stuff that didn't make sense for me, whether it was business or personal from my life. So for me, I know this is, that was a horrible example, but in, in business, I try to eliminate things that don't, that, that have a, what would you call it? A, a high risk, low reward capacity. So anything that is high risk that has the upside low reward, why am I even doing it? I'm, there's no advantage to doing this thing in my life. Things that have a low risk, high reward, that is something that I don't want to eliminate from my existence or from my actual roles that I play. I really do find that I don't eliminate things of the three, delegate, automate, and eliminate. Elimination is is the challenge, the biggest challenge for me. I look at my, I do things like I'm an inbox zero kind of guy. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I don't want to have any, anything. I want to have no emails in my inbox. So I try to eliminate all of that shit that goes on in my life that's in my inbox. Like, why do I have 1700 subscriptions to all of these things? Even the free newsletters that I get, why do I subscribe to all of these things? One at a time as they come in, I unsubscribe to things because I think it's important for us to stay as efficient as we can in our inbox as well. So I don't know if that really answered your question, but delegate and automate, I'm really good at. It's the eliminate thing that I'm still challenged with trying to figure out what those things are because I do feel like I lead a a fairly efficient lifestyle. (laughs) The elimination is hard because we start to take things on as ours. You mentioned the email inbox. I recently have been pitched by some software companies who are supposed to be able to come into your inbox and eliminate some unsubscribe for you. So I'll let you know how those go. We're going to see if they're as good as they think. That's that's like my little challenge to myself. I get in my inbox in the morning. I do probably use my inbox a little bit more like a task list than I do as as a true inbox. I think true inbox users go in probably two or three times a day, period. I'm always in my in-mail because I have so many things that I get spam for. I don't want them even junking up my email. So as soon as something comes in, I like to act upon it really fast. I eliminate that or I take action on it. 
which mm-hmm. is again part of the efficiency of my process. That's just how I am. Yeah, I'm a I'm an inbox zero kind of girl too. I snooze things if I'm not going to get to it, put it in a folder. It's part of the way you don't drop stuff. I a lot of folders. I have a lot of folders yeah, in my inbox. Too. I'll tell you if you need some advice on elimination, just write down all of the things that you do on a daily basis. I find most people are very efficient in their work tasks. It's the personal side that most people end up finding things that they need, and so. If you just take a list of all the things that you do on a daily basis, sometimes you can double click into them and figure out things that you don't actually need to do. You either that doesn't exist anymore or someone else in your household can take it or it can belong to a work component, right? That doesn't have to be there. So there's so many different things that we can do in time management to help expedite our lives. Before we sign off, do you have any last minute tips? I would just tell everybody to make sure that they're leading an efficient life. You're using your time as wisely as possible. We have this one life that we are living. Let's live it the right way. And let's not go to our, unfortunately, that 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 calling when we all get to the end of our rope here. You know, never go to your deathbed saying, I wish I spent a little bit more time at the office. Do the things that are most, that, that give you the most pleasure. Put the people that are the most important in front of you all the time. Remind people that you love them. Just be a be a nice person. Be kind. It's such a challenging world that's out there. It's challenging enough. And for us not to be nice or kind as we go through, it just makes no sense to me. So be nice to your to people in your life. I love that, Doug. I hope more people spread that message. It's I, You said, we only have this one life. That has really been hitting me hard lately, and I've been hearing it a lot. And it's, I'll say it again, we have one time to do this. And every day might not be perfect. Every day... Day might not be the one that you want to write home about, but more of them should be than not. And hopefully Agreed. that's where we're headed. Agreed. Awesome. And, and before before you sign off, I just want to mention to everybody that's out there, because I know that you, I'm sure you don't just, I haven't heard it in the episodes that I've listened to with your guests. Not enough things are being said about Melissa to the degree that I know that you have built this incredible platform. You have these amazing guests that are on there. If you are in Melissa's community and you're one of those silent folks that has not either called in or checked in or sent her an email or dropped her a line, take just a quick second, go onto her Apple podcast link and just leave her a review, five-star review her, because this is the lifeblood of what makes podcasters like Melissa and myself. This is what gets our message out there to the world even more so. I know you didn't give me the opportunity to go on here to to step on your soapbox and, and chat. But I think Melissa really, she's bringing you a service. You're not paying to listen to this show. Just do her a favor and go in and rate and review the show. I promise you, it will really help Melissa. So I I hope that was okay that I said all that. Yes, that's very kind. I think you're right. It is that the the reviews matter in a lot of ways. They matter on Amazon. They matter in podcasting. They matter. Do they really matter in Instagram? I'm not sure. You can buy followers, but we can't buy followers. We can't buy reviews on podcasts. But it is, it it does take resources to get these things out there and there's no return. So I appreciate you saying that. And it only would come from a podcaster (laughs) who knows the world that I'm living. I want to give you an opportunity to share with everybody where they can hear your podcast and reach out when they're ready to continue the conversation. Yeah. If you want to listen to a a really, don't listen to it with small kids in the car because we do drop the F-bomb quite a bit on our show. But the Nice Guys (laughs) on Business podcast, it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Again, just the Nice Guys on Business podcast. Awesome, Doug. Thank you so much for coming on today. And thank you for listening. 
I'm so glad that you came by the Beehive. Please make sure that you're subscribed so you don't miss next week's episode. Until then, I'm your host, Melissa Leon. See ya. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening. If you're new around here, please be sure to leave us a review on any podcast platform you're listening to. And you can always reach out to me to let me know what topics you're interested in hearing about or maybe telling me someone you think would be great for the show. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at EfficiencyBee. Until next time, see ya!